Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Joining us on the program is Dr. Anand Kumar. He's a Winnipeg intensive care physician and infectious diseases specialist. Let's talk about what's happening in the province of Manitoba. Uh, Dr. Kumar, thank you very much for, for taking the time. And how would you assess the uh, the situation in Manitoba at this time with the third wave of COVID? How bad is it? Well, I think right now we're uh, we're just moving into the third wave, so we're not too too far off of our uh, our low point. Uh, we never, we never. When I say low point, I mean the lowest level of of activity that we had after the uh, last wave. We never recovered fully in terms of our ICU capacity. We still had around uh, 30 people, uh, you know, in ICU from COVID-related complications, and we've had ballpark of 100 people in the hospital. But but um, we're not too far uh, increased from there yet. But we are seeing it. When you look at what's happening in other provinces, and if you look one province to the east to Ontario, how worrisome is that to you in Manitoba? Oh, I think that's incredibly worrisome, and it should be incredibly worrisome for everybody in Canada. You know, although Manitoba isn't there yet, and some of the other provinces aren't there yet, uh, we're all heading in the same uh, direction unless we uh, really uh, intervene now. So the intervention has to be vaccines, right? That's our first line of defense? Well, I think that's your long-term line of defense, to be perfectly honest. Uh, You know, uh, you need to really ramp up uh, vaccination to their maximum, but that's limited by how much vaccine we have. We didn't obviously do a great job in in obtaining a lot of uh, uh, vaccine product early on. Uh, You know, I mean, we're going to have much more in the next few months, but but, uh, we don't have a lot of vaccine relative to the needs, uh, you know, right now and in the last few months. But actually, what I'm talking about is is the strategy we use to control uh, uh, COVID-19. You know, we've had a strategy where we just try to avoid overloading, uh, you know, the healthcare system capacity. The problem is that that's a really difficult thing to to fine-tune. So, you know, what we do is we we start putting in restrictions when we start threatening capacity. That means that you always have a fairly high level of uh, disease activity in, in the community. There are other ways to do it such as what the Atlantic provinces did. With the Atlantic provinces bubble, right? That's what you're talking Sorry? about. The Atlantic provinces bubble? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they used essentially what we'd call a COVID zero strategy. They said that, you know, rather than having these intermittent uh, shutdowns and intermittently severely threatening the healthcare system, we're just going to keep COVID down to a bare minimum all the time, basically, to, to whatever we can push it down to. And that's that's been the successful strategy uh, throughout the world. Now, the, um, you know, the, uh, it's a minority of countries that have the capability of doing that because you need very strong, frankly, gutsy leadership to do it. But um, but places like, like Australia and New Zealand have have done it very effectively. And, and in Canada, the example is the Atlantic provinces. They have they have mortality rates like death rates and case rates that are literally one fifteenth. 
of the uh, of the numbers we're seeing adjusted for population anywhere else in Canada. We're a year plus into battling the coronavirus. Are we further ahead than we were six months ago? And are you, as some doctors are, confident we'll be in a much better place as far as reducing the impact of COVID by the fall? Here's the writer. If we continue with what we've done so far, no, I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't think we're we're learning as we go uh, as well as uh, we should. Uh, I think it's very hard to change horses in midstream for for the political leadership. You know, to say that you know we we use the wrong a strategy kind of thing. Uh, so we seem to be having these recurrent waves of infection. We do the same thing each time, and we we seem to expect a different result. Uh, and then, you know, vaccination is a great thing. Don't get me wrong, but but I still have in the back of my mind the the possibility possibility of of further mutations, uh, yeah. current mutations, uh, the B one three five one South African variant and the B um, one variant that's exploded in uh, in uh, British Columbia, both have a, a relative degree of resistance to. Uh, to becoming immune uh, uh, to immunity from the vaccine, basically. Now, it's, they're still useful. Don't get me wrong. They they will prevent severe disease, but it, it certainly so shows you that the virus is 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 capable of mutating in a way that that can make things very difficult for us. And you know, given the rest of the world, uh, much of the rest of the world, especially the large populated areas like India, Brazil, etc., um, are seeing you know massive outbreaks. Uh, these aren't going to be the last mutations. There are likely more, and there are probably are more now that we just haven't recognized. Mm-hmm. We have about a minute here. I, I gather you're not a fan of waiting 16 weeks between jabs. Uh, actually, quite the opposite. I am. The, the vaccines actually, um, you know, they, they measure immunity in, in, in somewhat different ways, but almost all of them achieve about 90% immunity with a single dose after four to six weeks, basically. So the best way to protect the population overall is to is to have uh, time between the, the shots so more people can get vaccinated. So yeah, I actually support that. Yeah. Uh, so they have the Pfizer CEO saying a third vaccination may be necessary in a year. Oh, absolutely. I, I, think, I think it's very likely that these... Uh, these uh, variants will um, continue to mutate and that this will become an endemic disease. That is to say, it's a disease that's going to basically be there for the long haul with with uh, annual mutations and, and boosters that are going to be needed. I think it's going to turn into something very much like influenza. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.